so you're really welcome to episode 28 of At Home with Breffney. And if you're someone who works from home and wonders if your business is valid because you work from home, well then this episode is going to be particularly for you because there's certainly a trend to remote working in the world and recent um, article by Forbes was saying that at least 50% of the American workforce is actually remotely enabled, which I was really surprised to see. I wouldn't have thought it was so high. And that there is a big trend among Gen Zers to want flexibility of work. And if you're like me and you haven't a clue who Gen X and Gen Z or who these people are, well, I can tell you that Gen Z apparently are people who were born between any time after 1995. So these are the people who are interested in having flexibility of work, not just um, going into an office every day, but who are interested in actually working remotely and who are more likely to reply to an ad for a job that allows you to work remotely. But I want to just bring this back a little bit to the difference between working remotely and working from home. So when you work remotely, I guess, the big value of the business is well and truly established in bricks and mortar. Presumably your office is going to have a big swank, your business or your employer is going to have a big proper office somewhere in an industrial estate or in the city center. And that, to some extent, is where the heart and soul of the business is, and then it radiates out to you as you work from home. And some of the value you get um, from, some of the esteem you get for working is because you're attached to this big solid block of bricks and mortar somewhere officially proper in the working world. But for those of us who actually work from home, I realize it can be a little bit of a, a uh, sensitive issue and this struck me last week when I was talking to a new client and I was we were just talking about how he was going to finance his purchase of a property and I realized he was telling me quite sheepishly that he worked from home and I thought well you know what I feel I think I'm a bit sheepish too about working from home to some extent I wonder can I have a proper business if I'm working from home so today I'm delighted to be joined by Bernadette Doyle who is running a seven-figure business working from home and is a heavyweight in the online marketing world. So Bernadette, I think we can definitely say you've got a definite business, isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've had the experience of both working from home and renting offices. And I'd love to talk, I'd love you to share with us some of those experiences. Yeah, well, I think one of the reasons that I'm able to work from home now is that I have a business that doesn't require me to meet clients in person very often. Mm -hmm. And also that I'm able to run with a team that, that work around the world and they are working remotely. So I guess those two factors are a big part of what makes it possible for me to work from home. Mm -hmm. I can really relate to what you were saying about... Um, the idea that, well, if you're working from home, it's not a proper business. Because I definitely know that when I started out my first business, which was a training company, mm -hmm. I definitely felt that we needed to have offices to legitimize ourselves as a serious business. The that, very word, yeah. That, that if um, I was working from home, that uh, somehow it meant that we were more amateur or that we didn't have the, you know, the same credentials as com companies that we might have been competing against. So... Um, a couple of years after I started my first business, I was working as a training consultant. So most of the time it was convenient to work from home because when I, back then, when I was meeting clients, I was actually driving out to meetings, sometimes staying away in hotels and either meeting clients or running training courses on sort of premises that weren't my own. 
and it was actually convenient to come home. But then as that business grew, I had to take on employees. My first employee was my sister. So right. she didn't mind so much that, you, you know, we were running this business out of a spare bedroom in my house. She was okay with that. But as the business grew, I actually felt, no, I'm sorry, I can't have employees, you know, coming through my, my home in order to get to work. And our first office was kind of council subsidized. Where I was at the time, they, they, it was like a small business facility where, you know, the council were doing like a special on the rent to help small businesses get started. And yep. we qualified for that. Mm-hmm. But then that, you know, what I hadn't appreciated was that, you know, working from home versus working from an office, it's more than an address change. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the rent, suddenly now we had phone lines to install. We had yeah. desks. Um, the office that we had had a horrible little uh, sink in it. And I was like, well, I can't ask my staff to make tea over there. That looks like, you know, and I even put in like a little kitchenette unit. Um it, it had beautiful big windows, but it meant in the summer, the, the sun streamed in. It was like being in a sauna. The blinds, this is 20 years ago, cost a thousand pounds to put the frigging blinds in. And, and so there were some immediate like financial consequences of that decision. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I have looked back on, on that. And, and I realized that in a way I was paying the price for something that my business didn't really need. But it was like, I thought I needed it to make me a serious business person. I understand so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You were doing it basically for someone else. <laughs> you didn't actually need any of this particularly. Yeah, I, I really didn't. But once, once the ball got rolling, it was like, um, an- I mean, another thing I'd forgotten is the unit we were in, because it had been used as a workshop previously, it didn't have carpets. And suddenly I was aware that if suppliers were coming and again clients didn't really come but I wanted to have a certain image that we would portray well once I'd been working from home that wasn't an issue I'd just meet people in a public place like a hotel lounge or a coffee shop or whatever and so there were all these costs and consequences that came from that decision that I was completely unaware of as I was making the decision right so okay so you've you, you've moved in and you you've suddenly realized oh god office life has its own momentum it needs its own it is a thing in itself um so then what happened you're working away in your office well there were other things that came that came from that in, in some ways i think it probably did add structure to the working day and that i was showing up at a certain time Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, there were other people coming to the work at the same at the same time. So it was like there was like a structure and a rhythm to our meetings. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally, I haven't worked from home for 20 years. Um, someone asked me recently, oh, you know, do you need to be motivated? That's never been an issue for me. So, mm-hmm. and I am, but I am aware some people don't feel that they're at work unless they've physically commuted to a place. Luckily, the, this office was in walking distance of the place I was living. So I didn't have to take on a commute. But yeah. I am aware of people who end up spending an extra 30 to 60 minutes a day in their car if they're suddenly now working outside of their home. And the question that I now ask from the perspective I've now got is like, is that, is that time and money? Is that the best investment of it? Like, because mm-hmm. if you're basically investing time and money to uphold a certain image, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's not to say it's a bad thing or it's a wrong thing, but I can look back now and go, actually, my money in particular at that point could have been invested in better things. I would have been rather directing it into marketing or, yeah. you know, uh, hiring an, uh, an outsourcer. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure if I've answered your question or not. 
Yeah, no, you have. And now I'm wondering, so you're working in your business, you've got your employees, you, you, there is a certain benefit to the physical structure of the day where people have, you in fact, have to turn up at a certain point. And from my point of view, having worked in uh, offices, one of the benefits I found from working in an office is the casual learnings you make from other people. You hear them on the phone addressing a certain issue and you think, oh, that's a good way of putting it. Or you have an issue and someone beside you knows the answer. So there are some nice byproducts and bon bonuses of working physically in the space with other people. There definitely are. And then I want to add the counter example to that. So for example, one of the things that I've had to learn as you know, someone developing team is when you're growing a team in a small business, you want that team to be like self-managing and so that they can operate without you. And one of the reasons why a, a, like a micro business, a solo entrepreneur that then starts to build a team, one of the reasons most people struggle with that is because all decisions and everything has to go through the boss. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I definitely found that there were instances, not with all of my employees, because some people do this, some people don't, but I would have employees that rather than think through finding an answer for themselves, if I was sitting near them in the office, the easiest option was to interrupt me. So for me personally, like, especially when I'm working on creative things like writing marketing copy or planning out new content, I want to do that with peace and quiet and I do not want to be interrupted. So one of the consequences of suddenly having the office was that there were periods of time that I, I craved being on my own, that I was now open to interruptions, but you can manage that. Like, you know, I mean, I think how I handled that at the time was I realized that if it was a day for me marketing copy, I just wouldn't be in the office that day. Right. So, yeah. Um, so when then you, that business had its own model for a while with you working in the office and it had its benefits and it had its downsides. Yeah. What? And actually, I, I noticed from some of the research by Forbes that people working from home can be a little bit lonely. I think about the single largest uh, complaint that people had who were working from home is that they found it a little bit lonely. Now, how does that work for you now that you've brought your business back home? Um, I... Um, well, I, I brought it back home and that's when I started my online business. And then in an online business, you definitely don't need to have a physical present, presence in a way that even in my training consultant business, and I found it possible to, you know, work with a virtual team. But um, it's interesting you should ask that because um, 10 years ago, I moved house and I moved to a new area where I didn't really have like a social network. Mm -hmm. And that's when I became very aware of a disadvantage of moving, working from home. Cause I thought, well, if I'd moved to this area and I was going to a job, mm -hmm. you meet friends in the workplace or, you yeah. know, you start to get invited out for coffee or lunch or there's social things or, you know, you get invited to a christening through a work thing. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't meeting people in that way. Yeah. And so that was really that hit me in the face you know the the, the limitations of this model like moving into a new area mm -hmm. um that i had to do other things if i wanted to get out and make friends mm -hmm. yeah I, I understand that and actually i realized i jumped over the bit there of where you went from a bricks and mortar office building to working from home so uh, can we just look at that it was obviously yeah. not just 
working from home, you changed your business model, is that right? Yeah, so around um, 2000, 2001, I got really interested in using the internet to uh, reach and sell to clients, but also to deliver content to clients. So up until then, you know, I'd been paid when I was physically on my feet, leading a training session. That's how I earned money. And right. so what sales I, training, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was sales training. And so what I was doing was packaging that training into um, programs that could be sold and delivered online. That, that was the shift I made. Right. So, I mean, that then meant I, all I needed was a website. I could run it from anywhere in the world. And I did. You know, I had periods where I was in India and Hawaii and, you know, I was serving clients and selling to clients. It was fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and is, is that still happening? Or is there a reason why that isn't happening? No, no. I, I mean, I, that's my main business today is that I'm serving clients. Uh, I'm serving clients worldwide. I would say the shift that I went through, um, which caused me to evaluate my home office again, was when I had children. Mm -hmm. So um, to start with, and I'm really glad I was able to do it this way. I, you know, I had my office at home when my youngest son got to four months and I'm like, OK, I'm going to want to spend part of my day working in my inn and on my business now. So I had no pair that used to look after him for those hours, but it was in the home. Mm -hmm. And what that meant was like, I always knew what was going on with my kids. You know, as a mum, you can tell when they're having a good day. You can tell when they're having a bad day. You could just sense it. And then, so it was like, I had to learn a new set of skills to be able to trust the person that was minding the, the child to do their job without me dashing out or, you know, you know, leaving my workspace. Mm -hmm. um, but I can honestly say that, you know, when my children were really small, I never ever considered moving to a workspace out, out of the home. I felt that was a tremendous benefit to me as a mum, that we could all be under the same roof together. Yeah. When they started toddling, again, we had to put some things in place. So we had like, my office was downstairs. It was like the old garage of the house. So it was separate from the main oh, downstairs good. living area. Yeah. But we were, we were actually locking doors between the, the, the private area and, let's say, my office space. And that was more to stop kids coming out. And do you remember that TV clip that went viral about the guy that was doing an interview from his home office? And the next thing, the toddler sort of uh, bounced in. And I must admit, I chuckled at that because I was like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so then when the, once the kids were out to school, you know, I it was still just really keeping the office at home for my convenience. I, did, I don't want to leave home. I, I do not want to commute. I don't want to spend any time in a car traveling at anywhere. Mm -hmm. And as they've got older, it's got interesting. So when, when they got like to school age, if I did something like a webinar or an interview like this, and the kids were in the house, I would always make sure I had a babysitter who would, so, so, that, so I did not want them interrupting. And yeah. now they're at a stage where they're too old for a babysitter. Like, mm -hmm. you know, my, my youngest is going to be 11 in a couple of months. And so the, the, the thing is, he sometimes pops up behind me when I'm doing a Facebook Live or an interview. And I've just really relaxed around it. I'm like, do you know what? Sometimes that happens. And now I'm just at a stage in my business with my clients that I'm like, I'm not going to stress out trying to manage this. Like, if you're the right client for me, you'll be okay with it. And the, and the majority of people seem to be, oh, thank you so much, Bernadette. That gives me permission to, you know, to, it's okay if my little kid pops up on a Facebook Live or an interview. So. That's so interesting about actually you're both at home physically and yeah. some, you're coming home to yourself. 
you're saying this is actually who I am. I don't need to pretend that everything's under control. It may not be under control and I'm at home with that as well. I'm actually physically okay with that too. You've just given have... goosebumps. Thank you for saying that because I actually hadn't made that distinction until I was explaining it to you, but that is exactly what it is. Mm. So yeah, you're you're opening up interesting new territory there, Brefney, which is what does it really mean to be at home in business? And it's like, it means that you are happy where you are. Yes, and you're not, you're not faking it. And, and you, the layers, the need to, to fake it in any shape or form fall away. And one thing that I'm trying to think what your physical business consists of, and here's my understanding of what it does, and you'll yeah. be able to know. So you're creating content. That's yes. quite a creative thing. You are having sales calls. They're not yeah. necessarily in person, but they're over the phone. Yeah. You're uh, doing videos. And I watch some of your videos, Bernadette, and sometimes I laugh because I think, fair play to her. She is in her house. Because I look at other American online marketers, and I know they've hired out somewhere for the day. They've probably got a clothes rail with lots of different outfit changes, but they've hired somewhere, and they're making a whole load of videos in somewhere that is not their own yep. thing. Um, so I, I hats off to you for actually just making them at home. But you do get technical about it, don't you? You have lighting and hair and makeup and the whole lot. It really depends. So there are there are videos that I would do that just are like a Facebook Live and it's like, I've got inspiration or there's something I want to say. And I've done those in my dressing gown. Like, and I don't care about lighting. I don't care about makeup. It's like, we're just going to go and we're going to talk. In terms of content creation, I am a fan of like batching content creation. And yeah. I've definitely done it with the rack of clothes and the clothes <laughs> changes. In fact, I'll send you a link because we did like behind the scenes of Bernadette TV. And back then we actually went and did it in a physical studio. Mm -hmm. But again, there was a practical reason for that. It was that yeah. our filming day means that we can get started without being, you know, having the kids under our way, getting them out to school if it was a weekday. Mm -hmm. And then it meant that we could film for longer and we weren't going to be interrupted in our filming by the kids arriving from school. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point where I'm like, Actually, I want to film at home. I've got a nice home. and we So we've actually got some episodes and some really cute things have happened. There was one day we were filming, and I'll send you the outtake for this as well, mm -hmm. if you put it in your show notes. But I was literally filming, and you can see me talking to the camera, and I don't know, I'm talking about sales funnels or something. And then I paused, because I could hear our front door opening, and my kids come in in their school uniform, and it's so sweet. They brought themselves home from school that day because I was filming. I wasn't picking them up. And I'd given them money to go to the shops. And one of them said, you know, I bought you this drink, mummy. And, and they came in and they kissed me. And it was it was really sweet moment. I thought that was a moment I thought, all right, I've arrived now. I really am doing business on my own terms. That's, mm, that's fantastic. I, I can imagine just how thrilling that is. So another part of your business is holding training courses. and. Yeah. I can see that that would work well because you were never going to hold those training courses at home anyway. Nobody does. They are off-site. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, although I do know people that have like bought like a very glamorous home because it was part of their plan and then they realized, oh, I've got space here where we could do client meetings or, you know, so I've seen people do that as well. But the, the interesting thing there about being at home when I first started running training events, I was agonizing of where I should do it. Because at the time I was living in County Clare in the west of Ireland, and I was working with a mentor. And in my head, I thought I had to go to London to do the events, that that's where the market was. 
And I had a conversation with him and he said, look, it's your business. Where do you want to do your event, your three day event? And I said, I'd love to do my event in my hometown so that when I finish every day, I can go home and kiss my child goodnight. And uh, he said, it's your business, do it on your terms, do it there. So we ran this little event in Ennis and the tickets were, I think like 1500 pounds. And I only wow. had 30 spots and the thing sold out. And I remember someone coming, who'd come from Scotland and he's like, how have you done this? We've all flown to this airport. None of us have heard of. We've traveled 30 miles an hour. We're in the middle of nowhere. How have you made this happen? So the first few events I did in Ireland, but then we did a big launch and I was like, I think I really do need to do something in London now. And what I didn't realize, it was this gradual erosion of what I knew to be true for me. Because when we first went to London, I was like, well, my, I'll bring a nanny, I'll bring the kids. The kids were in the hotel with me. They went off to Legoland. I was doing my event. Great. But then I had a nanny and she said, well, you know, it's a really big thing to all of us uproot and go to London for the week. So why don't I stay here with the kids and you go off and do it? That was the first little shift of me going against what my terms, what I, what I just always wanted my kids with me, you know, mm -hmm. even if they were being looked after by someone else. Anyway, that went on for about a year and it was very stressful and me going away and someone staying at home looking after my kids because I'm single. It wasn't like they were with their dad. And it all came to a head when I was due to go to an event in London in May uh, 2011. And right before this event, my youngest child got sick. He got really sick. Mm. So on the time that I was due to be flying on a plane to London to do the event, I was actually in an ambulance with him going mm. up the motorway to, for him to be put into a specialised hospital. And that was a real wake-up call for me. And the decision that came out of that was, I'm only now doing events on Irish soil because I realised... Mm. The mm. week of travel, of flying somewhere to deliver events. Again, I'm not knocking it, but for what I needed and what my family needed at that stage in our life, it needed to be happening locally. And so up until then, you know, as you know, you recently came to an event in Belfast. Mm -hmm. That's my hometown right now. So, mm. Well, I think that is such a... There's so much learning in it because you're really basically planting yourself. We're talking now about homes and gardens, I think, because you've come home to yourself you've, because you're happy to be in your home the way your home is working with children, without children. And then in terms of just planting yourself, you're just flourishing now in this soil as well. You're not moving beyond it. And I think that's... So people are coming to you. You've planted something. You've nearly created... Um, you've created something vibrant and growing where there wasn't something vibrant and growing and now people are coming to it it's like you're if we were taking Anne Wilson's uh, metaphor of uh, the bush you've kind of created a watering hole now Belfast has become a bit of an epicenter for online marketing and you've done that for Belfast you've put it on the map instead of traveling to another place on the map yeah, a very proud moment was recently when I met some people at the Discover Northern Ireland Centre mm -hmm. and they uh, told me that, I, that they were making me an ambassador for tourism in Northern Ireland because that I was doing things that were bringing so many visitors to Northern Ireland. And that does mean a lot to me. I'm not originally from Northern Ireland, but I love Northern Ireland. I love Belfast and I love that I've done things that have shifted people's perception of Belfast. Yeah. people have traveled here who never previously would have traveled here and at one point the the tourist office you know shared with me that they estimated that i would contributed a quarter of a million 
to tourism in the area through the number of events that I'd done that year. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. I've never really shared that, but it, I really felt that. And it, it was a really proud moment. I thought, yeah, I'm contributing. I'm contributing to the place where I live through doing this. That is fascinating. Isn't it? Be so to take the journey from Ennis, where you weren't really sure that was even a viable thing, yeah. to, to making that viable. Now you've made Belfast super viable. And Belfast had its own challenges for people to come to. So. Um, there was one final thing I wanted to say to you, Bernadette. Yes, about Belfast. Just the story of choosing Belfast. Because that was a bit, <laughs> that was a bit of a pick a name out of the hat decision, was it? Or uh, 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 Yes and no. So um, the situation that I was in in my life, my youngest was about six months old. And I was feeling very unhappy in my relationship. And, and, and parts of my life were working really well. My business had taken off. Like I had great like support at home, like for taking care of the kids, but I, I didn't feel happy. And I, I, I started to do this exercise of like, well, when were the times in my life I felt happy and what was I doing? Like identifying the things. One of the things I'd written down was that salsa dancing. And I'd had a period in my life before I had children for about two years where I was like a fanatical salsa dancer. I was doing it like five or six nights a week. And I was like, oh yeah, I really want to do salsa again because it makes me feel so great. But where I lived in Ennis, there wasn't really any, you know, there's no salsa club. And even Limerick or Galway, even to go and dance there, it wasn't a great standard of dancing compared to, you know, what I'd done in London. I was like, I need to be in a city again. And Dublin never felt right to me. And I started to consider Cork because, you know, there was a good salsa scene there. And it was one morning in December 2008. And I was in that sleep state of like half asleep waking up and Belfast popped into my head. And I was like, what about Belfast? And I'd actually been here for my 30th birthday. I'd done an event here shortly before my 30th birthday. And I, it was my first trip to Northern Ireland. And I thought, this is a lovely place. So I came and celebrated my 30th birthday here. And then um, I, I, I was like, oh yeah, okay, it could be Belfast. Let's start exploring that. And so that's got the ball rolling. And people are really surprised to hear that story. But that honestly is how I <laughs> ended up with Belfast. That's hilarious. Salsa dancing. <laughs> Well, I wasn't expecting that as a no, no, but it's, that's the truth. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Bernadette, I'd really like to say thank you so much for sharing your story of working from home because I think everyone who works from home will feel validated and endorsed by it. So thank you very much. Thank you.